Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. Our world seems to be overrun by technology. There is a time and place for it. The College Info Geek Podcast is both the time and the place for it, so feel free to text your friends and make phone calls while listening to this episode. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Sometimes we podcasters realize that there is zero accountability in what we do because we don't have bosses, and therefore we bring our girlfriends on the show to talk about their paths in life. So, I would like to welcome to the show my girlfriend, Anna Ellenberger, who is a graphic design student at Iowa State University, my alma mater, and not yet your alma mater. Almost. You're just, you're almosting it. That didn't make any sense. I got it. <laughs> anyway, um, you're a graphic designer, so that's a that's a path that we haven't really explored here on the podcast yet, and I thought, hey, you know what? I sort of spend a lot of time next to this person who does it. Yeah. But before we get into this uh, very riveting interview, we've got our intro sections to do. So, first and foremost, if you've got questions about college, how to study better, how to... Get a career or manage your money, any of those cool things, email me, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com with those questions. Not only will I answer them in person for you, but we're going to do some Q&A episodes every single month. My roommate Martin, and uh, for the next one, we're actually bringing you on here, so we're going to experiment with a group format. Answer those questions, get a variety of perspectives on them, and hopefully have some fun while doing it. So send those questions in. And for the resources of the week, every single week, I want to bring you one resource that can make your life easier in some way, and also a learning resource that enlightens you. So the tool that I picked this week is called Stack Exchange, and it's a question and answer community, which you can find at stackexchange.com. And they have just a buttload of different sites. Uh, The first one was called Stack Overflow, and it was for programming questions, and it's just expanded to a ton of different topics. There's math question answer site, there's one for video production, writing one for authors, a history one, uh, even a graphic design one. And the cool thing about Stack Exchange is that every time a a user answers a question and gets a little checkmark to say it was right, then they get reputation. So there's a lot of incentive for people to answer questions. And I've had some amazingly difficult questions answered for me there. So if you've got questions in your homework or something else, check out that resource. And the learning resource I wanted to highlight this week is called Treehouse. Now, I don't know if I have ever highlighted Treehouse before, but it's kind of like lynda.com, where it's got video courses for all sorts of subjects, mainly based in the web design, uh, graphic design, and coding areas. But if you want to learn how to do any of those things, it's a fantabulous resource. Fantabulous is not a word. That's fine. <laughs> and lastly, we have the listener tip of the week. So during each episode, I want to feature a tip from a listener on either doing better in school, getting a career or an internship, or managing your money. So if you've got a tip and you want it featured on the show, you can email it to me or tweet it to me over at Tom Frankly on Twitter. 
and I'll feature that tip along with a uh, name and website or whatever you want me to promote. So this tip comes from Hannah, no last name, but she says, I usually get more done in a day when I wake up and actually plan what I'm going to do by the hour on my calendar. Holds me accountable, accountable, and I'm less prone to getting distracted. And you know what? I've done that before, and I have to agree. When I actually have the discipline to do it, it works. So, hey, if you're getting value out of the show and you want to make sure you get every single new episode right when it comes out, then subscribe on iTunes or in whatever app you use. That'll make sure you get the latest episode on the device you listen to right when it comes out. And it also helps bump the show up in the rankings in iTunes if, in fact, you are an iTunes listener. So support the show and make your life easier by subscribing. And you can find the subscribe link along with quotes from this episode, links to cool resources we talk about, and other cool stuff, including a face. Your face. <laughs> You're like looking at your wrist. Hey, the intro takes a while. It's okay. Anyway, those show notes are over at sigpodcast.com, cigpodcast.com. Click the episode 32 link and you'll find those show notes. So enough of the long, boring intros. Uh, when I met you, you had kind of just finished your freshman year. It was my sophomore year. Well, I met you during your sophomore year, but yes. you had gotten through this this hellish freshman year. Yes. Which is apparently much worse than anything you've gone through since. <laughs> So, what was the freshman graphic design program like, and why was it so difficult? Okay, well, Iowa State University has a bit of a different um, way of going about it. I actually don't know how other places do it, but I know that this is how they do it. So, if you want to go into design, and here it's architecture, um, industrial design, interior, graphic design... um, Biological premedical illustration or landscape architecture. If you want to go into any of those things that are all part of the design program, you have to go through a preliminary program your freshman year, where everyone is taking a drawing class and a like a hands-on um, craft class, kind of. Like the one where you have to, we have to like build something out of cereal boxes or something. Um, we have to, we have to build a doorway out of cardboard and string. Okay. At least that's what it used to be. I think they changed it since I moved on, but. I think my brother had to do like a, like a tool out of paper or something like that. Yeah, I had to do that. Okay. Anyway, so you have those two classes and then you build a portfolio from your work from those two and then you submit it to the college and then it goes through judging and lots of processing, and then they decide whether or not you're going to be good for that program, and they will accept you or not. So, essentially, your whole entire first year, freshman year of college at Iowa State in design is you not even knowing whether it's whether anything you're doing is worth it. So, it's really kind of the weeding out stage, because there was a lot, there were a lot of people who I think were just like, oh, graphic design, that sounds pretty cool. I guess I'll try it. And then they realized just how intense it is, and they quit, like, halfway through first semester. Like, I knew someone, I knew a few people, actually, who made it all the way, like, halfway through the second semester, and they were almost done, and they quit because they just couldn't take it anymore. So it really is a very... Very much a weeding out process. Do you know anybody who made it through the whole year but then got rejected? I know one person, I think, who did. So what happens in that case? The way it works here is 
after you finish your second semester, when you're signing up for classes, you actually sign up for classes as if you didn't get accepted, which is really disheartening when you're doing it. Wait, after you finish, you sign up as if you didn't? Like halfway through the semester is when you're signing up for classes, right? Right. So when you're registering for classes at that point, you are supposed to register as if you were not accepted into the design program. As oh. in, you you come up with a plan B, quote-unquote. Okay. And, for example, my plan B was to go into English instead. So I signed up for a bunch of English and creative writing classes. Oh. Because I didn't know whether I was going to be accepted or not. Okay. But then... That's got to be well, pretty nerve-wracking. It, it is very disheartening, and you're doing it, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you know... And then what they do is they send you an email um, in, like, late June or July, early July, mm. telling you whether you got in or not. And then at that point, you basically drop all the classes you signed up for and sign up for the design classes if you get accepted. That's interesting. So you have to wait the entire, almost, or not the entire, but, like, half the summer to figure yeah. out if you make it. It was very, very hard. And I was constantly like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get into design. I'm going to have to be an English major. Which, no, no offense to English majors, but that's not what but I personally want to do. this was your first choice. Yeah, you don't, yeah. you know, no matter what your first major is, you don't want to have to drop it for something that's your yeah. second choice. There's also, there's also kind of another thing they do to help. Um, you actually choose three different design programs that are your top three. So, for example, mine, my first choice was graphic design. My second choice was integrated studio arts, which is like fine arts, like painting and ceramics and that kind of stuff. And then my third choice was industrial design. And what happens is if graphic design hadn't accepted me, my portfolio would have been handed off to the ISA people, and mm. they would have reviewed it. And if they liked it and said that they wanted me, then I would have gotten an email instead that said, you've been accepted into the ISA program. Mm. But luckily, I got into my first choice. So I actually know someone who didn't get into their first choice. And are they cool second. with the second one? Oh, yeah. They, they totally are happy that they did that one instead. Okay. Well, it's good that you get, like, three chances. Yeah, you basically yeah you basically do get three chances. So since you're, you're picking these uh, preferences during your first year, you're not really getting into any of them during the first year, right? Absolutely not. So what's no. the first year graphic design program like? Or I guess it's just design in general, right? Yeah. So the first class I took, you can take, there's two classes you have to take. I took them in the order that they suggested, which was to take the drawing class first. So you take a general drawing class where you, you sit there and you draw still life. And... It's it's very very fine art, you know, um, and you learn a lot about composition and you know visual relationships. And I threw then, in some chiaroscuro shading, <laughs> some smoke on actually, Trogdor's nose. <laughs> like we didn't even do anything with shading until like halfway through the semester. But really, yeah, most like we began with just like well, out, outline. I lines. learned shading in high school art class. Oh, aren't you special? <laughs> anyway, the second class was more of a you're getting down and dirty, you're using actual materials to build stuff. Mm. So the first project was like the doorway. I said you make you literally make like a passageway out of cardboard and string 
and then you make a tool out of paper. For example, I was making an ice cream scoop out of paper, which was that was that was the project where a lot of people just said, "I'm fed up with this," and they dropped out of the program. Mm. There's also a poster project where we have to use collage to like make a poster composition. So that class actually has a wider range of design stuff. Um, like a wider range of the different programs. So that one's kind of a, a dive into everything almost a bit like beginning. Okay. It's yeah. So are those the only two design classes of the first year? Well, you take, those are like your studio classes. Okay. Um, and then you also have to take gen eds like science classes and math and Oh, did you do art history first year? Art history, not so much. We took, like, a design cultures class, which was sort of history-ish, I suppose. But, yeah, my second year, I definitely had to take art history. Art history is required in the next, like, three years of the graphic design program. So it it almost seems like when you're in design, at least at Iowa State, the first year is not really a whole ton of getting into design. It's, like, a little bit of it to see if you can work hard enough and if you're cut out for it. And the rest exactly. is just like That's exactly what it is. You're just kind of like, oh, here's college for That's the rest of it. kind of exactly what it is, actually. Okay. So I know you loved to draw in high school and everything. And it was yes. like super fun for you. How did it feel going into a program where the thing you loved was all of a sudden a ton of work? At first, it was tough to get used to because I was expected to be coming in outside of class and be working in the studio, especially for the still life drawings, because you can't pick up the still life and bring it with you because it's like a setup of, you know, glass jars and, you You couldn't like photograph or photograph it? Oh, no, no. (laughs) We were not allowed to do that at all. Oh, It's just not, it really is not the same as Mm -hmm. looking at it in real life because you can't get the depth perception, you know? Okay. Yeah. But... I'm trying to remember. They they said that for every hour you spend in class, you should be spending two hours outside of class. Two more hours. <laughs> they said that for... Uh, that was like the general like college advice I got in high school. They're like, yeah, for every hour in class, you're going to spend two hours studying. Like, well, studying is different. If I'm in class 15 hours a week, and there were, I'm studying for 30 hours. But I guess for you, it's like work. It's different because you're sitting there and you're you're finished when you're finished. And it could take hours and hours. It takes hours to draw something quality like that. Yeah. So you can't, you don't really have a choice but to spend that much time outside of class working on it. Okay. And did you ever have to pull an all-nighter for that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially the last week of school. We had two projects due on, like, the same day. And, like, two or three nights in a row, I stayed up till 6 a.m. It was awful. Did you go to bed after that? For, like, two hours. <laughs> and then I had class at 9 in the morning again. Ugh. I've done that once. Well, I stayed up all night you. designing version 3 of College of Geek. And then I realized it was 6. Yep. Yay, I'm a designer. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Martin said that I should assert that I'm a designer during this episode and see if you get really mad at me. <laughs> I won't. I won't because... I'm an amateur arranger of elements 
That's a, a good way to put on it. On a screen, and I do not draw things. So you got accepted, right? Yes. So and and second year onward is like intensive. You're in graphic design now. Yes. So what does that entail? Like, did you do web design like I do, or is it like straight up print? Like, what, first, was, what were the classes you took? The first year in graphic design, which was technically my second year of college, is very much learning composition. So it was less about the concept and a lot more about the composition and being able to arrange elements in a visually appealing way. Mm. And that was like a lot of different, like a lot of different types of composition. The first two projects we did, we were assigned a letter, a number and a shape. And we had to use those three things to make basically things that looked nice. The, Last project we did was a little bit more conceptual, though. We had to, like, pick an idiom or, like, a saying and then use photography to, like, express that. Okay. And also typography. We learned a lot about typography that year, too, because that's, that's a very important aspect of graphic design is knowing typography. Was that the project about the uh, Android? No. That was the third project. Okay. Which I actually was a finalist in a competition for. Oh, without really? even, oh yeah, yeah. Not even trying. <laughs> what was the point of that one then? Because that was, uh, you were arranging like the same five sentences in different ways. Yeah. Over and over again. Was that all just, that was, so was that, that like was editorial a, design or? That, no, that was to learn a lot about typography and the different things you can do with it. So really the first year was a lot less about conce- concepts and more about the technical side of it, of knowing what looks good and what doesn't. Mm, okay. And then, uh, so third year and fourth year, what, what were those more those focused on? Were the, okay. Those were a lot more focused on concepts, identity, actually making things that would apply to a situation. So creating an identity for a company or making a poster for an actual event. Okay. Which, really, it's actually very different. You actually have a purpose for what you're doing. Like, I felt that my third year, that my work was a lot better because I had a purpose for doing it. It wasn't just trying to make it look good. It really had meaning behind it. And it just, it made me a lot more willing to do the work. Yeah. You're a lot more invested in the project. Yes. It creates a lot more investment. That Yeah, I totally understand. Like... If you can't see the point of it, then you're not going to want to do it. Right. I mean, you, I guess you can see the point of learning composition. Yeah. And getting better. I mean, you have to have the foundations yeah. of composition and typography before you can start applying that to other things that do have concepts. So, mm-hmm. so um, the thing that always got me about design, and Martin and I have like riffed on this before, is that you're judged almost entirely on subjective criteria. Yep. Like there, I mean, there are general best practices and there are like things where you can say, okay, this is a technique that's been implemented wrong or right, but it's not numbers. Like it's not, oh, this was right. This matches the, this matches the correct definition. Whereas, you know, what we do in uh, IT or, or business a lot of time is very close to that. So we've always thought, like, this is crazy. Like, your entire grade rests upon the subjective 
tastes of your professors. And it kind of does seem like that, but the professors here are actually pretty darn good about looking at your design from an objective standpoint. So they will be looking at grid structure, um, the typography, the typefaces that you chose, and like colors, that kind of thing. So they're pretty good at looking at it from an objective standpoint, but there's still a lot of it <laughs> that yeah. is subjective. For example, I had a teacher last year who I very much didn't get along with, and he kept telling me, no, this isn't right, you have to do it this way, and he actually made me very upset several times, and Tom knows this. <laughs> he was there supporting me through it, and I ended up loving how it came out, and I entered it into a competition, and I actually won a award in that competition, even though he ended up only giving me a B so as a grade. So it just yeah. shows you how subjective it is, and it, it really is. He's he's not quite as good as looking at things from a from from an objective standpoint as the other ones are. But he's newer, so it's kind of understandable. Yeah, there's a book I read. Um, I think it's on the shelf, Pragmatic Thinking and Learning, and it talks about the expert paradox, where people who are experts in their craft are often bad at teaching it because things yeah. like basic composition and typography, they become like breathing almost. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, I think teaching and evaluation are both very distinct skills from just being very good at your craft. Yes. And you need both of those as well as uh, like skill in what you do to actually be a good teacher. Right. So, you know, I, mean, I have no idea if, uh, if your professor is like that, or if it's just maybe not the best subject for him or what, or it could I have just been a, one specific situation. But, you know, on, on the whole, that is a problem sometimes. Yeah. Cause now I have that same teacher and we're getting along pretty well actually, but it's a completely different class. So, yeah. well, maybe this could be a case also... where he's having to push himself to be more critical about a subject he's not as, uh, comfortable with maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think he does a lot of identity design, not as much mm. typography. Because that, that's what the class was. It was a typography, a specific typography class. Right. And now I'm taking a class of his that is dealing more with identity and that kind of thing. And I think he's much better at that. Okay. And he knows a lot more about it. So what is identity? Branding. Coming up with logos, brochures, all everything that a company would absolutely need. And you to... had to do an entire project on that, right? Yes. So how did that go? Like... What was your experience a, of building an entire brand identity? Well, it this comes down to kind of the meaning behind it again. I wasn't creating an identity for an actual company. So it really... If I had, it probably would have been a lot more intense. And since we only have, you know, like four weeks to make an entire identity, obviously that's a little bit limiting. <laughs> Yeah. Because graphic design firms will spend months and sometimes even years on an entire identity. Mm -hmm. So. You said four weeks, right? Yes. Yeah. That's about how long all of our projects last is four weeks. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think because it, I mean, it, it took longer than four weeks to get the design nailed down for my site. And that's just a website. Yeah. You were doing a site. You were doing, uh, you did like a room mock-up, right? Yep. Three or, of them. It was a, was it a cruise ship? Yes, I decided to make a cruise ship that um, was themed around classical music. Okay. Yeah. 
I had to. You had room designs. You had yes. uniform designs. Yes, I had to create a logo. <laughs> I had to create all the stationery for that logo, meaning business cards, um, a letterhead. So those things, and actually had to create like a three-dimensional space. For me, I decided to create a restaurant on the cruise ship. And I had to create three different angles of that. So that took a good amount of my time. <laughs> so I had to illustrate the whole thing. And I created uniforms. Yeah, it was it was intense. <laughs> I can't remember if I pulled all-nighters for that one, but I might have. You were up pretty late. Yeah. Plus, for all <laughs> of these projects, all of our teachers also require us to submit along with the final project a process notebook that has all of your sketches mm-hmm. all of your like notes sketches iterations everything in it a project statement so you have to also take time to put that whole thing together so it really it's a lot of work in a very very small amount of time that was another big thing that i noticed it, w- it was something that kept you busy all the time was the fact that you would get you would, like, get done, quote-unquote, with a draft. And then you'd take it to class the next day, and the teacher would say, okay, change these things. And it would turn into this vicious cycle of you getting done, going to class every day, and coming it's home never from done. work. <laughs> it's and, never like, done. And, like, Martin and I were both like, why don't you just finish it, then show them, like, you're half-finished before draft, pretend like you didn't finish, and then... Don't worry about working. That on doesn't it. work. It really, I, I it really it doesn't work. work. Though We're just it, it, it really doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't work at all. It's not that you get halfway done with it and then you finish it. It's that you do a composition and then you find out what parts of that composition are good, which parts are bad, and then you do a lot of adjustments and then you show it to them and be like, "Does this look better than it did before?" And they'll say, "Yeah, it does." Mm. Or no, change these other things also. So yeah. it's not just a matter of it being finished or unfinished. It's really a matter of making it the absolute best that you can think of. Yeah, and I've kind of learned that as I've been with you and been doing my own design work. And it, I think it's just kind of an expression of the stress of seeing like both of our girlfriends are graphic designers and they're both <laughs> always constantly busy and stressed. And we're like, we have business homework. We can... Do that in 20 minutes and then go do what we want. Yeah, it so. would be nice if I could do that, but you can't. <laughs> no. Honestly, graphic design is never finished. There's always something else you can do to make it better. Even if you are, quote-unquote, finished with a project, you turn it in, you still almost always notice all these things. Oh, I could have done that. Or you mm-hmm. look at someone else's thing and you're like, oh, I should have added that. It's just, it's a it's a process that yeah you know you just keep refining it and keep refining it i've definitely learned that with uh doing my site's design it's yeah not, you know it's not as much design work but i, I got the first thing done and i was like this like, is awesome yeah and exactly in say the six months it's been out like how many changes have i made to it yeah say you were doing that for a teacher mm-hmm. what what you were saying earlier is just do half of it and then pretend like you hadn't or do all of it pretend like you'd only done half and then submitted it and then turned in the second half. Imagine if you had done that with your first composition that you did for your website. I think you it would, would it not would, have been happy with it at all. It would still look like it did back in March right now. Yeah. It wouldn't be as you good. Wouldn't, you wouldn't have been happy with it. Yeah. So you really you want to show them everything that you've done so that they can give you the best advice they can. 
So it's all just about constant progression and feedback. It really is. So speaking of feedback, uh, we've gone through your your, uh, education, I guess, so far. And it's not done yet. (laughs) But you also have practical experience because you've been working uh, for the college design department for a while. Yes, I have. So first question, how did you go about getting that job? And I want you to talk about the first attempt, too, and also the second attempt. First attempt at what? Because you you went for this job the first time and they didn't hire you. Oh, it was a it was a separate. Oh, was job. it different? It was a separate job. Okay, okay. So, what were the two experiences like, and how did you uh, improve upon your uh, ability to present yourself and your portfolio and things like that? Well, the first job I applied for was for a different department. It was for the Memorial Union Design, mm. not not ISU Dining. The first time, I thought I did a fantastic job in the interview. They re- they seemed to really like my stuff. But then they emailed me later and they said, I'm sorry, we're not looking to hire you. And I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, of course, anyone's going to think that. What was wrong with me? What could I have done better? So I sent them an email and I said, was there something in my portfolio that you think I could have improved on? Or something during the interview that you think I could have done differently? And they said oh, it wasn't you, we just had decided that we couldn't afford to hire another student designer. Oh, okay, so they just axed the position entirely? Yeah. Okay, nothing you can do about that then. Yeah, and they also <laughs> said they maybe wanted like someone older with a little bit more experience, mm. but mostly it was just that they didn't have room for that position itself anymore. Okay. I'm actually kind of glad that I had the chance after that to really learn more about the interview process and being able to present your portfolio in a very attractive way. Right. So the next time I went in, it was it was kind of funny because I really thought I was just going in to talk to the department head about the job a tiny bit. And it turned out that that was actually just the interview completely. Like, I didn't know that was going to be the interview. Luckily, I brought along with me all of my portfolio work, and I had prepared myself in case something like that did happen, which it did. So I was prepared and had all of my best portfolio work at that point with me. And I guess maybe it kind of helped that the person interviewing me was a communications specialist, not a graphic designer. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But... Wow, this is like magic! How'd you do that? (laughs) Exactly. He asked me... A lot of questions about how I did certain things. Like, I I personally am really into illustration, so he would ask... I was talking about how I really like illustration to him, and then he said, oh, well, what's your design process for illustrating this? And he kind of was pointing at something I had. So I explained that to him, and it's really important to employers that you have a process, that you're not just coming up with something... Like, for no reason. Like, there's there's a process to it. Okay. So is is the process something you can actually talk about right now? Or is it something that kind of is project-specific? It's project-specific. It is. Okay. Do you have, like, a recent project that you can elaborate on? Like, your, pro- your process for that? So at work, I had this other project where I had to create an invitation for a catering event that Iowa State was doing. And... The client sent what she wanted, and 
what happens is my boss sends me a project sheet that has all the specifications for the project on it. So it, it describes what the project is, what it's for, what the event is, and it has all of the physical print specifications. So for this one, it was like a 5-inch by 7-inch postcard. So I start with pencil and paper, and I do a lot of sketching, different compositions. And then I take it to the computer, I open up an Illustrator file, and I make it the specifications that it says on the project sheet that my boss sent me. And I, if it's for an illustration, I will do the illustration with pencil and paper first, and then I will take a picture of it, send it to myself through email because I, ha I don't have a better way of doing that right now because I guess I'm a poor college student. So I may be able to help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do that, and then I literally trace over it in Illustrator. And for this project, it was a little tougher because there was a lot of back and forth between me and the client, and there was a lot of different iterations before she really was happy with what I did. So it's just a lot of refining, like I said before, a lot of refining, a lot of just making it as best as you can, and in this case, doing what the client really, really likes. Okay, so I guess if we wanted to sort of break the process down, the first step would be uh, collect all the necessary information, make yes. sure you have as much detail as you can. Yes, and sometimes, especially if you're doing like an identity project or any project for a client whatsoever, you want to ask them a lot of questions. I'm, I haven't really exactly had a lot of experience with that yet because a lot of what I do is internal within the College of Design. Right. And not College of Design, college. Sorry, mm -hmm. just the college. It's a lot of internal stuff. So, you know, someone from some department will say, oh, we want this. And then my boss will say, hey, this person wants this. Can you do it? And then I do it, and then they send it off. But there's no paperwork or anything like yeah. there is with a lot of design firms. And with, uh, you know, an actual design firm, you'd probably go interview the client. You absolutely would. Either in person would. or on yeah. Skype. Or like, you would have a you would, you would have a conversation list, with them. A list of questions okay. that you want to ask them. And... Do you ever, like, ask the client to sketch out anything they want, or you just kind of get descriptions? Um, for the catering invitation thing that I made, she actually sent, like, pictures of things that were in the style that she wanted. Okay. And she didn't really sketch anything out. I think that might be a better way to do it. To sketch because, it out? No, no, the other way. Oh. Um, because mm -hmm. if, you, if the client sketches it out, then they might get a like, false idea in their head of what it's going to look like. Right. And maybe if their sketch isn't exactly, you know, good because they're not a designer, yeah. then they're going to be like, oh, well, why doesn't that look like what I drew? Yeah. But if they submit things that they like, then it's more like, this is the feel I'm going for. Obviously, right. I don't want you to copy. But... Yeah. But then there are some other times when sketching is really helpful. Really? Because sometimes you really just can't describe with words what you're thinking of. Mm. For example, my teacher in the latest project that we did was sending me through email what she think I could do to improve my logo that I was making. And I was like, I don't understand what she's saying at all. She like it's just hard to describe like certain parts of the composition when you're not there in person. So what she does sometimes, I don't she didn't do this with me personally, but she will just 
do a sketch of what she's thinking in her head and send it to the person. Mm. So sometimes if you just can't describe what you're thinking, it's just easier to sketch it. And in the client's case for the invitation I made, she actually just found printed pieces of what she was thinking and sent those. Okay. And then it worked out perfectly from there, I'm guessing? Yes, it did. She ended up liking it a lot. It's so. always nice when clients are just like, yes, that's it. Yep, First try. <laughs> it feels great. And it then, feels great. But you've also got the back and forth clients, so. Yes. It's just how it goes. So I want to sort of wrap this up with uh, one final question, which is probably going to be very interesting to anybody in graphic design. And it's this. So uh, we went over the fact that it's all subjective, the work you do. Yes. And you know that that affects your grades, but it also affects your career prospects and like how you're judged by potential employers. And you've got all these different students with their portfolios out there, and a lot of them look amazing. So how do you, as a design student, without really an objective way to categorize your skills, like an IT student or a math student or something, how do you go about selling yourself and standing out and making connections and basically enabling yourself to get a job? I'm still working and on that. And since you don't have a full-time job, you're still a student, so I don't expect you to know everything. But what are some things you've done that have helped? I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm still working on trying to be better at making connections. But I think one of the really important things is to try and be as different as you can from other people. You know, it's kind of a hard question for me because I'm, like I said, I'm still really working on trying to figure out how to make myself stand out from others. But you do have a couple of experiences. So yeah. what about the uh, the Minneapolis story? Right. So well, a few months, when was that? Summer? Or no, it was last school year. It was uh, at the end of the school year, yeah. I think. Um, there is a graphic design firm in Minneapolis that I really like and... I still hadn't gotten my internship yet, so I was thinking maybe there was a possibility of getting an internship there. And I wasn't really having any luck emailing the contact in, uh, address that they had on their website for jobs. And you were just cold applying, right? There wasn't actually a job opening? Right, there okay. wasn't. So what I did was I actually looked through their employee list, and I saw someone that had just graduated and was working there. And this was actually Tom's suggestion, so thank you, Tom. <laughs> he told me to email the, emplo or the employee that, um, that I was uh, looking at and ask her to have coffee or something or, you know, go out to lunch or just meet up in general and talk about her experiences working at that design firm and her um, experiences working in the field in general. And I was really nervous. I was like, oh, she's going to think I'm creepy for asking that. But she replied and she was absolutely super happy that I had emailed her and she was more than willing to meet up with me and have coffee, even though I lived like three hours away. And I actually ended up going there. So I went there and I asked a lot of questions about what they do to make themselves stand out. And so it was they? really helpful. Uh, yeah, I actually ended up being her. And she emailed me, and she was like, would it be okay if I brought my other friend who also works here? Mm. 
And I was like, absolutely awesome. And she actually ended up bringing a third guy along with her, too. And I think there was going to be a fourth person, but he ended up not being able to come. So it actually ended up being three people, all who did work there. And it, it ends up that they are contract designers for the firm. They don't actually work there as full-time employees. They work for General Mills, and I think I actually mentioned them earlier in the podcast as well. But they gave me a lot of advice about what you can do to make your portfolio stand out. And I think a lot of it was having a nice-looking website, um, talking about talking about your specific projects, making sure that one of the pieces of advice they gave me was to make sure that I tell people that the things I've won awards for to say that, mm. like, and tell people that because that is one thing that will stand out if you do win awards. Which, by the way, graphic designers out there, if you were too scared to enter any competitions, don't be. I was super scared, and I was like, there's no way I, I am going to get accepted into this competition. But I just did it. I did it. And I got in, and I was like, wow, awesome. I was happy with just getting into the show. And turns out they were handing out a bunch of awards at the show, and I got two awards. So it doesn't matter if you think you're bad. Just do it because you're not bad. You're awesome. <laughs> so do it. Because I have people in one of my classes right now who are like, I'm not going to enter in any competitions. I don't know what to enter. I don't have confidence, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And I'm like, why? You have to. <laughs> anyway. That's really what it's about. It's just getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Like getting that getting that out of the way. <laughs> there's there's gonna be a lot of self doubt. I think that's that's the that's quotable one, for the episode. That's right one there. of the <laughs> hugest things in graphic design. Everyone, as far as my experiences go, every, everyone I know thinks that everyone else is better than they. Yep. <laughs> they are. <laughs> we have critique walk around critiques. And everyone, literally everyone is like, oh my gosh, everyone else's is so better than mine. <laughs> and it's like, well, well the, who's, is the, who's, who's is actually who's is the best then? <laughs> yeah. But. This is the, the, this concept Martin and I talk about, the healthy amount of narcissism. Yes. And we talk about how all the designers we know, we don't know if this is every designer, but all the designers we know need to get that. Yeah, there's, there's there's a couple people I know who have it. They're they're doing okay. We're, we're talking about a healthy amount because you know I don't, I don't want you to walk yeah. around and be like oh, my shit's the best. There's this guy. Ever. There's this guy I know who like always walks around and just bashes on people's work, and I'm just like, really? Do you have to do that? Come See, on. That's what we don't want. But <sighs> we want people to be confident. In the fact that their work is good, yes, not perfect. I'm working on, on the that. process I to think getting, I'm getting better. better. Good. Yeah, I, I definitely. Have you noticed that I've been getting better? Yes, you. Ha yeah, I yes. have. And actually, I, I was going to ask better. you, like, have you noticed? Uh, have you looked back at any any projects that you didn't do well on uh, from a better standpoint now and said, "I did actually do pretty good on that." I actually think all of my previous projects are worse. Do you? <laughs> I'm looking back at them. I'm like, oh. I don't know if you get this way, but when I whenever I make something, I love it for about five minutes. And then yeah, I, I know that feeling. And I'm just like, oh, like, this is like every drawing. Why did I make I do, that? <laughs> we've gotten off topic a lot from the question that you it's asked. Okay. And <laughs> it, 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 it's okay. It is fine. But Even like the homepage, I'm just like, I need to fix that. <laughs> I don't know what I need to fix, but I need to fix that. <laughs> You're always yeah. gonna. I don't know. I guess. I guess the the, the takeaway you... from it is that you just need to be one confident 
in yourself, but two, just focused on getting better. Yes, and everyone is their... You are your own worst critic, is what they say. Yeah. Is that how the saying goes? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't sure if I got the wording right or not. <laughs> but, yeah. So, be confident in yourself. You are better than you think you are. You really are. Because I was better than I thought I was. Yes, you were. Guess what? What? You're cute. Really? <laughs> you had yeah. to say that here? Okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Unless you have any I don't know. I didn't, final design tips. I didn't really finish answering the question that you asked. Oh, okay. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? We had a good-looking website, confidence in yourself. Email people and have coffee with them. Yes. Which, by the way, did you go and... You didn't, like, ask about yourself, did you? It was what more, do you mean? Like, when you, when you interviewed these people, or I guess not interviewed, had coffee, mm-hmm. it wasn't really focused on you, right? Well, I mean, at the end, I kind of brought up my website and asked them what they thought about some of my stuff. But okay. for uh, about... 95% of the time I was meeting with them, I was asking them questions about their experience, not right. me. And I did talk about myself a little bit just to, like, be able to relate to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but it wasn't like a, hey, how do I get a job? Give me advice, that kind of thing. No. It was more like, I'm curious about what your, work, your working life is like, like, what your path was. I just want to, like, know about yeah. your story. Like, how, I think one of the questions I asked was, how did you go about getting a job where you are now? Mm-hmm. Like, specifically that place. Yeah. Um, I think another good piece of advice is to get as much feedback as you can. I guess that's kind of one of the themes of what I've been saying, but feedback is a huge part of graphic design. Critiquing everything. So you want to be able to put your work out there to get feedback on it, whether it be from your teachers. Personally, I love getting feedback from my peers because when I see what they're doing and I like it, I'm like, oh, what do you think I could do to make mine better? And it's really helpful that way. So that I guess that's another argument for kind of putting your work into competitions also because if you get accepted great but if you don't then you know there's something you can do to be improving yeah and you always want to be improving because if you just kind of stay steady all the same all the time you're not really gonna get not gonna get very far yeah (laughs) do you think it's important to do work outside of the graphic design program like for your employment prospects because i think when you met when i met you uh you know what i'd heard from some other designers and you was like you know, you're very busy in your graphic design program. There's so much work and that becomes your portfolio. And, you know, I was, I've always been inundated in the get experience outside of class kind of thing. And has your opinion on that changed at all? Have you had like done anything outside of class that's really made it into your portfolio or helped your, uh, your skill set? Well, I mean, I've done some personal projects like the, the bug girls. Mm, That's right. That I'm probably going to be putting into my portfolio. But what really, really is giving me a boost, I think, is having the internship and this graphic design job I have now because I'm getting pieces in my portfolio that are being seen by 34,000 students. Oh, yeah. Which is, I'm saying that in my portfolio too, like, or my resume, I guess. I have been doing work for an audience of 30,000 plus people. Right. Which... 
doing work that is going to be out in the real world is completely different <laughs> from doing stuff in your class mm. because you're working on it and you're like, people are going to actually see this and it's going to work or it's not going to work. Yeah. And that really kind of makes you be like, oh, I have to make this work. <laughs> and especially it's different in my job because I get a lot of kind of one-off projects that don't take very long. So, like, for example, last week I had two big projects on my plate that I had to get done within, like, a week. And you really just... It's, there's a lot of stuff that you just don't learn in class, like real deadlines because deadlines in class if you don't meet the deadline you're just gonna take a hit to your grade but it's not necessarily gonna hurt anyone except yourself right if you miss a deadline in work it's gonna affect everyone around you it's gonna affect how you present yourself it's gonna affect the client because they're not gonna have what they need in time it's going to affect whoever you're working for because it's going to put a bad name on them. So it's really, it, it really puts a lot more pressure on you, I think, when you're in the real world. Yeah. And you can't really learn that in class. There's a greater stake on it. Exactly. Okay. Well, do you have any other general tips in, for design or uh, any more tips for um, marketing yourself? I don't know if I want to say this. Maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> but don't go to art school. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. <laughs> Go if you want. It's whatever. Is it like private school levels? Yeah. They're expensive. And I was actually talking to someone else about this earlier today. There is the benefit of being in a tighter knit group of people that are focused on the same things you are. Mm -hmm. But it's so hard to get a job as an artist. And art school is really expensive. So you're going to be in debt for a, while, for a while. Yeah. So it's that question of like, how far should you go to pursue yeah. a dream with a lower probability? If there's a university close by to earnings, you like that has a good reputation for art design, then... I personally would highly recommend going that route instead of a full-on art school. Do you know if art schools um, provide the same like levels of financial aid that? Prestigious I actually haven't really schools? done research on that. Okay. So you didn't. So when you went to or when you were searching for colleges, was it just kind of like I'm going to go to Iowa State? Well, and that's it? honestly, it's kind of an interesting story for me because through most of high school, I actually wanted to be a geneticist. Okay. And then I took AP Biology, and I was like, I like art a lot better than this. <laughs> so it wasn't until maybe a third of the way through my senior year of high school when I really realized that graphic design was what I wanted to do. And that's when I heard from my dad, because my dad um, works here on campus, that... Iowa State has a fantastic design program. So I was like, well, I guess I'll go there. And that's where I ended up. So. Okay. So you did kind of what I did. One yeah. college search and one university, that's it. Yeah. Okay. But I've heard that art school is just really expensive. Yeah. yeah I, that's I haven't done I a lot. Just... Okay. I haven't done a lot of research on it, so maybe guys don't take Well, I can link to some, uh, like, data 
from I think like Noodle has a uh, school data like tuition mm-hmm. and, and general financial aid numbers. So that's something you can look into yourself. But uh, I think you make a good point because when you when you're a high school senior and you're looking at your college, you're like the passion of what you want to do overrides the math. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, twenty thousand dollars a year. I can pay that off when I'm a famous artist. Because, of course, I can do that in four or six <laughs> years, right? Um, but those four to six years are not four to six years of straight design and becoming a badass. It's, like, the same amount of progress. I mean, it's more progress than you've had in the past, but it's not. You'll underestimate it, and you'll underestimate how much the debt will weigh upon you. So Right, and I'm sure you guys all know that Tom's into that and talks about it a lot, so... I don't like debt. <laughs> well, I know, but you're into talking about it because, you know, you paid off all your debt, so... yeah. Though it was not that much compared to how much you would be yeah. graduating also, at that kind of a school. It's even better, guys, if you have an in-state school that has a reputation for art, because in-state school is much cheaper. Mm-hmm. So. so you can look into reciprocity as well. It's uh, like all the major regions of the country have these agreements between certain states where they'll give... Uh, students from those states, maybe in-state tuition or 1.5 times tuition instead hmm. of out-of-state. Well, I mean, and then there's always getting scholarships and such. And, yeah, scholarships and all that, so... Which, personally, sadly, I didn't get any, but... Oh, it's, it's okay for you. <laughs> We're, you're going to okay. be fine, but, yeah, and there's going to be a podcast episode on scholarships pretty soon, so... Sweet. That'll be pretty cool. Yeah, well, thank you think- for taking the time. Oh, it's to just sit here and babble such, with me. <laughs> such a such a time such out of a, my day. Such a burden. Such a burden. Talking to your boyfriend. Yep, I hate it. Look, communication with your significant other is not what you need to be doing. You need to be playing video games and ignoring me. What are you, you dingus? Oh, <laughs> I've been doing it wrong this whole time. This whole time. I think we could have a lot more intimate relationship if you just never talk to me. <sighs> I guess you're you right. Just gotta, when you come home. Uh, just, like, look at me and kind of scoff, like, and then go do your thing, and we'll be so close. We'll just, I'll just sleep on the floor. <laughs> there you, you can, go. Perfect. You sleep on, you can sleep on the floor, I'll sleep on the bed. I thought I was going to get away with that. Queen size bed for me. Okay, so if anyone wants to connect with you, or talk to you, uh, do you have, like, Twitter or or a website, or some place yes. you want them to go. Yes, I do. I uh, actually just put up my new website. It's AnnaEllenberger.com. And I have a Twitter, which is at DeeperDream. That's pretty much it. That's it? I mean, I have an Etsy, no, too, like, if you guys. No, like, or Zanga, or... Oh, you're old school, aren't like, you? Like, LiveJournal. Wow. What are you, like, from... IRC chat. What's your IRC BC? chat nickname? Are you from 600 BC? Are you caveman? It's Hot Babe 5000 XX, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I have an Etsy Just too. That's uh, shamelessly Etsy. promoting the one <laughs> print that I have on my Etsy. It's a good print, though. Uh, I yes. like it. Well, it's actually the one that won an award in that competition I was talking about. So. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Which I was not surprised that you won. Well, thank because you. Because I thought that those prints were amazing. Well, I was really proud of them. And yeah. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. And guys, if you want to get the show notes with links to Anna's profiles, with uh, links to anything else we mentioned in the episode, quotables, all that kind of stuff, 
sigpodcast.com. Find the episode 32 link and you'll find yourself at those show notes where you can also find a link to subscribe and a link to review the show if you want to help the show out then leave a review on itunes it bumps it up the rankings and i want to read a quick review uh this review is from oh batman batman left review and uh what? batman five stars he said uh i love the part where you read the review in my voice thanks batman <laughs> that was man wow stellar so if you want to be in the company of batman and some other very supportive listeners Go leave a review on iTunes, and also you if you want to get. You made that up, didn't you? No, it's on i. It's on iTunes. Go look. It's right there. And while you're there, checking and verifying, you can <laughs> leave your own review. Also, I'm uh, hitting YouTube pretty hard, so I don't know. But I don't know if I'm able to get every single week videos because I'm going quite uh, quite more into the editing than I thought I would, but. I'm making new videos. I'm making one on note-taking, so if you want to learn how to take better notes, then that will be out soon. Uh, if you're listening to this later on, then... Well, that's the thing about podcasting. It's not time-sensitive. Anyway, collegeinfogeek.com slash videos is where you'll find that, and that is all we have for today. So until the next episode, stay cute. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.